Welcome to The Shit Women Can't Say, a weekly podcast where we talk about all the shit women have thought about at one time or another. This week we're talking about the hard truths we wish we were told before having children. The list is long, so we'll stick to the juicy bits. Here we go now. Here we go. Hi everybody, I'm Liv. And I'm TJ. Imagine being a woman back in the 1950s. Sex ed was non-existent in schools. It's unlikely you heard much about the ins and outs of conception, pun intended. So how did women find out about giving birth or what came after? Well, some women didn't. My paternal grandmother was one of them. Not far into her teens, she felt pregnant. All she knew was what her husband told her about childbirth, and that was that the baby would come out the size of a tiny doll, and once it hit the air, it would expand into a full-size baby. Yes, I'm fucking serious. Imagine the magnitude of her what-the-fuck moment when things didn't quite pan out that way. How far we have come, but have we really come far enough? We obviously have a far better understanding of sex, reproduction, and child-rearing now. But in all honesty, I think we are still lacking. For some, the dream of having children is untainted by reality. They imagine a perfect pregnancy, an ideal um, birth plan, and a perfectly healthy baby who sleeps well, feeds well, and poops as expected. But the truth of the matter is that growing a baby can completely suck ass. Birthing a baby can result in permanent and jarring physical changes for mama. And life after baby can be complicated, loud, messy, draining, and emotionally exhausting. So what truths should women know before jumping on the baby bandwagon? Or at least before holding their new little human in their arms? We've got you covered. Let's start with the basics. Basically, pregnancy sucks. So you're going to feel totally deflated after baby's out. How did you feel? I wasn't prepared for how long the tummy thing stuck around. (laughs) Yep. Like, it was only a couple of days for me, but still, I was like, wow, okay, what happens with this? (laughs) (laughs) Where does that go? (laughs) That can't stay. Um, I felt, I really did feel like a deflated balloon. Like, you know, a helium balloon that gets blown up, and then when it's kind of like you let that helium out, and it's all wrinkly and gross, and like... And inside, like, my soul felt that way. Yeah. Like, I loved my daughter. I was so happy to have her in my arms. But, God, I was so, like, Yeah. I just felt like shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, if I think back, like, prenatal classes, did they prepare me for this shit? No. Fuck no. (laughs) They're a joke. Total joke. Honestly, it's like the textbook stuff. It's like high school sex ed class, right? It talks about, you know, the mechanics, right? The basic stuff, mm-hmm. which I, I think that's what I felt prenatal classes were like. <laughs> yeah. But I know there's so much about my experience that we did not cover in class. That's right, because sometimes it all goes haywire. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, whole, oh, you're going to push a baby out and everything's going to be great and whatever can turn into some serious bullshit and something that's really seriously scary. Mm -hmm. So like, I know you had a cesarean, I had a cesarean. Mm -hmm. Birthing class didn't prepare me for that at all. No, and especially all the very specific things connected with like the after effects of cesarean birth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I know I couldn't breastfeed. Mm -hmm. And I know you said you found out afterwards, right? Yep, 
it did not go well. And I found out after the fact that, yeah, latch and your milk coming in and, you know, all of that stuff was connected to having a cesarean and not having a natural vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. There's chemical things that happen that lead to, like that signal your body. First of all, it pushes all the crap out of the baby, Mm -hmm. which that affects their latch. And then, and, you know, breathing and all that stuff mm-hmm. that while they're sitting there, you know, stuck on your boob, all of that is affected. Like my kiddo was filled up with mucus. So mm-hmm. all like the nose breathing area, all that stuff, that yeah. affects your latch. Didn't know that. No. Nope. You know, um, and then milk production. Again, your body releases, I think it's oxy. Oxytocin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that signals milk production. And for your milk to come in, I was like, oh, crap, I didn't know that either. So then you, you know, you feel like this defective whatnot because your milk's not coming in when the baby needs it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And you do feel like, I know I felt like a failure. I've heard from other moms who've said they felt like a failure when they couldn't breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like that whole prenatal class bullshit needs an update from, you know, the 1970s shit that they did when, you know, you lean against your partner with a pillow and you mm-hmm. practice your breathing. And Yeah. No. Do you think there's a bit of a difference? I've heard people who have had um, like a midwife or a doula have a very different experience and a very different exposure to knowledge Absolutely. throughout their pregnancy. And yeah. Absolutely. Which I'm like, you know, I didn't get told that. I didn't like talking to some ladies about that who've had that kind of support through their pregnancy and birth and after the birth, like the support they get. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You King, feel robbed. Can I have a do-over? <laughs> yeah, you do. You feel robbed, right? Because, a bit. Like, um, I know I've heard from people who've had um, midwives and stuff. They're they're not rushed into a cesarean either. It's like if you have a doctor, from my experience, I mean, I spent 18 and a half hours in labor with Pitocin and all the rest Oof. of it. So, but at the same time, your doctor kind of still goes, yeah, you, you know, you got to have a cesarean at this point. And I, I've heard of some other women who have been told, like, you have to have a cesarean where there are instances where they could have waited. And mm. if they had a midwife, they may have had a better, more natural experience mm. where they felt supported in their decision to have a more natural childbirth rather than going into the operating theater. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But, I mean, we could go on about that forever, mm. right? Because yeah. it's such, it's the biggest part of childbirth. Yeah. Is actually giving birth to the baby. And that experience stays with you forever. Your baby doesn't remember it, but you do. Yeah. Um, but alas, we should go back. Let's talk about, you know, the whole setting up the nursery thing. Mm. It's like, it, it's probably not as important as what you think it is. You think, oh, I got to get the paint on the walls and the crib and the face. And perfect. And you have this whole image in your mind of what it's supposed to look like and what you want it to look like. And then the reality of what you actually end up needing and using and where you actually need to focus the energy. <laughs> Honestly, that that pregnancy energy that you have, like that, that little bit of thing. like nesting, mm-hmm. like seriously, my biggest piece of advice is cook your meals and stick them in the freezer. Oh my God, yes. Like your baby doesn't need paint on the wall and they don't give a shit what the crib looks like. Yeah. But if you're fed, you're a happier mama. Mm -hmm. And you don't always have the support there, right? To bring you that food and stuff. Yeah. Um, Now, preparing for baby, 
what things do you think you can never have enough of? I have my list, but what do you think? Definitely um, was wipes. It was formula for us because that's what we ended up using. Diapers. But don't stock up too much because, you know, you'll blink and then they're in the next size and then you have a <laughs> stock load of the wrong size. And, yeah, that's a pain in the ass. Um, yeah. I would definitely. say, like, paper towel is at the top of my list for totally. mopping up puke and spit up and whatever mm -hmm. and shit when baby poops everywhere and it's, like, literally, like, every surface is covered. Um <laughs> And Kleenex for mopping up your tears because let's face it, we all cry after a baby. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of tears. Yes. Yeah. Tears Happy and, and sad, yes. <laughs> um another thing that will happen after you have had a baby is laundry. There will be like massive, massive amounts of laundry, right? Yes. When and all the end? teeny tiny fucking pieces of laundry. That, honestly, before your kid's even eating anything real, like breast milk and formula stuff, like that stains like you wouldn't believe. Oh my God, yes. I had no idea. And stinks. It fucking stinks. Yes. The cheese curd smell. <laughs> it's so gross. I can still smell it if I think about it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's nasty. That's so nasty. Yeah. And you know what the other thing is too? And if I'm being entirely honest, <laughs> I still do it to this day. And my kids are like 11 almost and 18. Is you um, restart the washer. Oh my You know, God. you put the wash in. You have good uh -huh. intention. And then it's like the next day. Oh my God. The yeah. laundry stinks because I didn't switch it over, so now I have to put it on all over again. Got that lovely musty smell. Yep. yep. That's another smell you won't forget, right? <laughs> you don't forget that smell because <laughs> it follows you for the rest of your life. That's yeah. Right. Something happens. You have every intention of, oh, okay, I'm going to rewash this load. It'll make it to the dryer. I will fold it. You know what? At least get it dry. Whatever, because let's be real. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And But yeah, having to rewash things, I still... Yeah, have to do that. I swear it's like a rite of passage as you become a parent. It's like you will do this now for the rest of your life. Yep. I know like I there are moms out there, older moms that might hear this and be like, "Oh, I never do that." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, you did at one point in your life, but you don't have children at home distracting mm. you and wearing you out now. Yep. So <laughs> Um so another thing is I th nobody told me this. It was always um, sleep when the baby sleeps. Mm-hmm. That was a, yeah. Yeah. Just Get your sleep now when you're pregnant. And yeah, sleep when the baby sleeps. I think that whole concept of sleep when the baby sleeps is a crock of shit. Just <laughs> fucking sleep. Just sleep. Yeah. Do, every second you can, even if, like, for, like, if your baby's awake and happy and content Mm -hmm. They're, they're in my opinion, they're a baby. And a lot of the times, like, little, little babies might be awake and they're lying in their bassinet. They're perfectly happy. Yeah. If you're sitting there beside them in the rocking chair or whatever and they're safe in a bassinet, just close your eyes. Yeah. Just go to sleep. You'll hear them if they cry. Yeah. Master the power nap. That's right. 20 minutes. 20-minute power nap. There's, like, a Navy SEALs thing <laughs> that they have to be able to master a power nap. I, I don't it could be bullshit. I probably saw it on a TikTok. Let's be honest. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's like... That's a skill, though. It's a, it is a serious skill. I can't do it. I need... I yeah. fall asleep and it's, it's, it's yeah. over. <laughs> I remember this one stage. I don't remember how old Mia was, but she was definitely still kind of baby or very, like, young toddler where, yeah, I... 
if I got the opportunity to kind of nap with her. But sometimes I would find, I couldn't find that sweet spot where like it would be, you know, a longer nap and I'd wake up and just feel even worse than I did before. Yeah. Or, you know, I'd have the quick little cat nap or something that I still feel like shit. So it just wasn't worth it. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think there is a super fine line there and you just got to, you just got to master it. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Know? I think by your second child, maybe, maybe you become, you do become a master of it. Mm. And dads already are yeah. like Jesus. <laughs> they come out of the womb, like with a master's <laughs> in like power napping. It's bullshit. <laughs> Um, we briefly touched on um, breastfeeding, mm -hmm. but you have said to me before that breast isn't always best. The actual slogan is? Fed is best. That's right. Yeah. Just feed your baby. Yeah. However you have to feed them, right? Yeah. And ignore all the noise around it because honestly, you can have all the opinions in the world about what you want to do, but even for me, I fully anticipated, absolutely wanted to breastfeed it didn't pan out like it like physically did not work for me mm -hmm. and I was stressing so hard over it and I'll never forget this because I think like it was one of those like core memory moments that happened where my sister who had a baby before me a handful of years before me she you know was watching me trying to supplement at the breast, like literally with a tube and a syringe and formula, trying to stick this teeny little tube in this baby's mouth that was attached to my breast, trying to breastfeed at the same time and trying to squeeze formula through a syringe and a tube into her as well. Good because the, oh my fuck. I lasted two weeks. My sister was, you know, chatting with me and she was like, okay. And I was, you know, losing my mind over it because on top of that feeding, which especially for like the first couple, like the first week, it was like a two person job. Like poor Paul and I in the middle of the night or umpteen times a night trying to figure out how to feed this kid. I didn't know how to hold her and latch her and whatever. And he's holding the syringe and the <laughs> tube and like, and here I am trying to get it in there. And like, oh my gosh, it was such a mess. And so I was, you know, crying to my sister and she was just like, stop. Like, are you enjoying this? Or is it robbing you of these, you know, because on top of that, there's pumping. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, trying to eat, trying to sleep, all the other things you're trying to do or that you need to do. And she was like, just stop for a second. She's like, are you actually enjoying this part? And I was like, fuck no. Yeah. It's miserable. I stress over it. I literally, you know, it's time to feed her. And I'm like, which isn't relaxing it's, for me and not no. for her. That's right. They feed off of that. And <laughs> you're not going to produce milk when you're that stressed anyway. Maybe. Like you're trying to, but you're not going to be able to because you're so yeah. like worked up and there's all those hormones through yeah. you and chemicals and whatever. No, don't no. It was awful, honestly. Yeah. And so she's like, you know what? There is no shame or blame if this is not for you two, for you and Mia. Mm -hmm. If you need to just go with the formula, fed is best. Just, yeah. it's okay. And I didn't know that I needed somebody to tell me that. And I did. Like the very next day, I let it go. And I was like instantly relieved. Yeah. Calmer, happier, mm -hmm. probably less tired. <laughs> Slightly. With, within probably 24 <laughs> hours, you're like, man, I've had, you know, a whole extra 30 minutes of sleep. And you right. <laughs> feel like a world of difference. So I guess we should move along, Liv. Yeah. 
here's some of the juicy bits uh, or maybe the chunky bits, slimy bits or smelly bits, <laughs> the downright disgusting and scary bits. All right. So here's a thought for you. Gagging might become a second language for you and your partner. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm leaving a bit of silence there, but uh, yes, yes. Um, everything that a baby does, in my opinion, is disgusting. Other than sleep and look cute. The poop's gross. The pee's gross. The the spit up is gross. As they get older, the vomit is disgusting. I honestly, my gag reflex is pretty it's pretty strong but holy shit my kid has made me gag so many times i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. what about you i wasn't quite as horrified by stuff but certain poops definitely like the difference between like newborn poop and then once they start eating any kind of solid food and you're like whoa okay we got some real people poop happening in here now Yeah. And that's a whole other brand of smell, let me tell you. Yeah. Like, and how about when kids, well, it's not when they're babies, but when they get older, your child at some point in their life, they're going to swallow something they're not supposed to. And the doctor is going to say to you, this, I'm not saying every child, but a lot of children, your doctor is going to say to you, oh, just keep an eye open for it in their poop. Make sure it comes out. And it's like, <sighs> Awesome. Just call me Inspector Poop. Let me slap on a rubber glove here. Or to make matters worse, my son is 10, and he has had some tummy trouble. I have gotten up close and personal with his poop, and it's not enjoyable. I've had to scoop it with a spoon and put it into containers to send it off for analysis. I thought it was going to fucking die. Oh, I'm sorry. Poop. Do you need a hug? (laughs) Yeah, I need a shoulder to cry on, honestly, and a vomit bag. But, you know. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah, shit stinks and it will be everywhere. Absolutely oh. everywhere. The explosive poop. The Pootastrophes. Ex- yes. Holy shit. Poomageddon. I don't have any good poop puns like you do, but holy <laughs> shit. That's all I can say is holy shit because the first time my child had a poopastrophe and the shit uh, went up her back, it was over her shoulder blades, it mm-hmm. was. And those crisscrossy things, you and I have talked about this, the crisscrossy um, onesie things. That the shirts the, that have the little overlap on yes. the shoulders that look like a crisscross, right? Yep. Yeah. My first baby, I didn't know you could pull that shit down. Yeah. So I was, there I was, shit everywhere, trying to take this over her head, and she had a massive amount of hair. <laughs> and there was literally shit, at, like, everywhere. It was... It yeah, was you go to take off this poo-covered article of clothing, and you end up smearing it, like... All over your kid and in their hair and everywhere else. On your Trying hands. to get off. But yes, those shirts, genius. Yes. Genius. Ask for lots of those in your <laughs> baby registry for sure. <laughs> oh, okay, baby boys. I did not, <laughs> I don't think I've ever experienced this. And even in all my years of childcare, I think I've been lucky or something. I don't know. But a baby boy is 100% guaranteed to piss all over you. Yes, yes. Guaranteed. Somebody told me that before I had my son, and I was like, okay, it's not going to happen. Yeah, they do. There's a a thing called a PPTP. I was wondering if you were going to mention that. Yes, yes. I've seen them. They're little, like, triangular, coney things that you put on their penis. Um, When you're changing them. When you're changing them. It's like the cold air hits, and they just automatically pee everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
So And girls do it too. It just doesn't end up in your face. No, it just kind of dribbles down yeah. and it's fine. It's all it's all over the change mat or the yeah. clothes or whatever. But yeah, it's the it's the spray and the arc and the <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> not fun. Not a good time. So PPTP should also go on the baby registry if you ask me. But All right. This next point is gonna bring me back to the gagging. So for me this is my I can't handle it thing. Sucking snot out of your child's face. Yes, it is cool, fascinating, but so fucking gross. Oh, globs of it. Did you have the nose, Frida, or um, the HydroSense one? Like, act the little sucker things, or did you have the I one had, that looked like a turkey baster? I think miniature. I had the, like, the bulb one, like yeah. they have in the hospital. Nothing okay. fancy. And you know what, to be honest, I think I tried to use it a couple times. I didn't find it highly effective. The couple times it did work, I thought, hmm, well, that's n- nasty, but okay. It, it, cool. I have to steal myself to actually ask you this question, but did you ever um, have to suck boogers out of your kid's face? I would sooner fucking die. Amen, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, sister! Amen! <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would take my child into the emergency room, probably with difficulty breathing, <laughs> Before I would, that thought would even cross my mind. I do know that there are parents out there that Me too. Have done Honestly, it. I'm going to throw up just thinking about <laughs> it. So gross. So we gross. had the HydroSense one where it has like an actual little like tube piece thing, I think. And yeah, the little bulb thing at the end. Right. But I think you suck it, but there's something <gasps> between you yes. or between the boogers coming out and your mouth. So it doesn't actually, and it actually worked quite well. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Okay. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Gross. Honestly, that's the one thing for me. I will take a poopy diaper, throw up, blood, any of that, any day over (laughs) boogers, and especially boogers that belong to somebody else's kid. Oh, yeah, that's just... Yeah. Somebody at work has a facial explosion with a nose. I'm like, clean up on aisle four. (laughs) Like, not fucking happening. Yeah. I ain't doing that shit. I'll take the next poopy diaper. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. All right. Babies put everything in their mouths. Let's not forget that one. My, I took some CPR classes. I don't know, for work or something. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll never, I'll never use this. This is, this is gross in a way, depending on what they're putting in their mouth. But at the same time, it is quite serious. Um, Niven actually put a stick in his mouth. He was little. I mean, he was probably, I want to say he was probably 10 months or something. Like, he was crawling. Yeah. And it was this teeny, tiny little stick from one of my plants. I don't know how he got it. I don't know if it fell off the plant onto the floor. Okay. But I heard him, like, and I was like, what the heck? And I looked around, and he's, like, like, trying to get something up. And I'm, like, fishing in his mouth, which they say, don't do that. Don't mm. stick your... F-. But that's your initial Honestly, reaction. Honestly, it is, yes. Ram your finger down there and try and pull it out. And I could sort of feel the tip of this little tiny twig. And I had to flip him over and give him the Heimlich. Oh, uh, The baby Heimlich, like obviously. Yeah. Um, and it came up. It did come up. But holy shit. Prepare yourself for that. Like, mm. it's... It is scary. Yeah. It is scary stuff. I know my hubby, when, like, when Landon was little, he choked... I think he has a thing now with these couple of items cantaloupe he choked on a chunk of cantaloupe oh dear and um he's always forever with like the baby carrots and hot dogs hot dogs is the other major one Uh, yeah because like round whatever yeah that yeah i've seen parents like feed their kids like blueberries hot dogs 
all kinds of like grapes, w- grapes without cutting them. Mm-hmm. They're little ones. They're like 18 months old and they're giving them these round things. And like blueberries, you only have to squish them. Yeah. You don't have, just don't. Oh my God. Them. That never occurred to me to just squish them. <laughs> yeah, obviously you can't. <laughs> can't squish a grape because it'll just roll away but blueberries you just stick your thumb on it and squish it oh my and it's God. flat and then you're good to go to do it with a spoon i guess if you're doing somebody else's blueberries <laughs> yeah but i've seen people and I, like my like my anxiety is like heightened and i'm yeah. like watching the kid i'm like uh, you're gonna turn blue i can see it coming it's gonna happen like in my mind mm-hmm. i've already played out the ambulance is coming and yeah. somebody's trying to give you the high yeah I know it's funny how some people's children they do that chipmunk thing too, where they can store all this food in their mm-hmm. mouths, and the parents are just totally chill, relaxed. Like I, you know, watch some of my girlfriends and their babies totally chill with these like big chunks of food. Where I was like, how do, are we? We're we're, we're good. Oh, okay, okay. I'm the only one having anxiety here. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, you know. <laughs> after being a mom and like maybe seeing your kid choking or maybe just being protective in that area, mm-hmm. I think you like you feel protective towards other people's kids, but at the same time, you have to be like, okay, I'm going to turn it off now. Yep. And sometimes you have to physically, like I know for me, I've had to physically turn away yep. and like put up my hand blinder to be like, I ain't watching this shit go down. Yeah. I No fucking way. <laughs> nope. Nope. I mean, when it happens, I'm going to be like, I told you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to uh, the emotional. Yes. Okay. Um, Let's be honest, not everyone connects with their baby. No. I honestly have never met anyone that has gone through that experience, but I do know that that happens, that that you, you know, the whole postpartum thing can be a huge spectrum of what people experience, and that is something that's part of it. Yeah, I've I've had um, interactions with one or two people who have had postpartum depression. I don't know that, like... I don't think every person who has postpartum has difficulty connecting with their child, maybe on some level, mm-hmm. um, maybe some not at all. But I just think it's something you that women should be aware of because I think there's this overall message out there that, like, everybody's going to be like, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to have this baby. We're going to snuggle. We're going to bond. It's going to be wonderful. And then... Yeah. Shit doesn't always go down that way. It no. just doesn't. And that's honestly, sometimes, like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, for you to, you know, take this little being and, you know, the first time you're face-to-face and to have some odd feelings about it. Like, you just squeeze something out of your body. Like, you've never experienced that before. There's a live human being that just came out of you. Like, I can understand how that's... Mm-hmm. You sometimes might need a moment. Yeah. Or five. Or a couple of days yeah. to be, for that to hit you, that's like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, wait, this that's, is mine. Yeah. And I got to take, the, this one's coming home with me. Yeah, exactly. I think Somebody coming home with me? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Once you get to, you know, maybe a few days and you're like, oh, I'm still not feeling this. I don't know what's going on. I think yeah. then maybe it, it's a it's a point to, you know. Connect with your doctor mm-hmm. or something. Talk yeah. to your partner at least. Yeah. Somebody. Say something to somebody because um, you don't want to be in that position where, you know, you're a month in or two months in and you're still not connecting with your child and then all kinds of shit can go wrong for you. Yeah. Right? As a mom. Well, your brain can take that in all sorts of different directions, right? Yes. So please just know that it's okay to ask questions and to talk about that. Exactly what you're feeling, just do it. Yeah. I Mm. agree. Um, The whole, did you go through the phase... Is the baby breathing? 
Yep. I still do. I still do. <laughs> I still do where there's like just totally no movement because I mean my kid never stops moving. So there are moments where she's really still. Yeah, there's moments now where I still look at her and I'm watching for her chest to go up and down or listening for that. And she's how old? Seven and a half. Niven is almost 11 and mm. I just, I get this inkling sometimes. I'm like, I better check. It yeah. doesn't happen very often now, but I'm like, oh, I better check. Mm-hmm. See, my daughter's 18 when she's moving now, but I will still come down and check on her. She ha- she has epilepsy, so mm-hmm. it's a bit more complicated. Yeah, but yeah, um, but I, yeah, I think, like, I remember waking up and, like, when Nevaeh was a baby or Niven was a baby and I'd wake up, I'd, like, out of a dead sleep, yeah. sit straight up in bed and be like, I need to hear oh that. God. Yeah. Yep. I need to make sure they're breathing. Yep. And not blue. <laughs> yeah. Mia's crib was right beside our bed. Um, like, you know, two, three feet away, but right there. But it was funny because out of any of the noises in the room, because I'm pretty sure I've always, we've always had a fan in our room. I think even when, so out of all the noises in the room, I could still pick out her breathing in like, you know, the noise of the fan, the noise yeah. of Paul's breathing, whatever, like, but I, and I wouldn't kind of feel the need to get up and check on her as long as within that first couple of seconds, I heard that. Yeah. And it was just that certain sound that I was like, oh, okay. And then instantly right back to sleep. Right back to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I, I had it. I want to say, I'm trying to think if, if I was different with each of my kids, I, d- mm-hmm. I don't know. I know for me, like I had to touch, I, yeah. I could visibly look at my children and see mm-hmm. their chest going up and down and then still have to put my hand there to go, yeah. is that real? Yeah. I want to make sure my eyes aren't playing tricks on me. So that's it. I mean, it's all well, with the exhaustion. Relevant. It's very possible. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're like, am I hallucinating? <laughs> anyway. Um, so the other thing to talk about is you will definitely feel all the things. And that includes happiness, sadness, loneliness, anger, fear, frustration, desperation, crippling anxiety. The list goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I don't know if there's anything else we can add to that point. It just, whatever it is, it's probably, I felt all those things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you felt all those things. Yeah. Like. You have moments where you feel downright stupid. Yes. Where you're just like, I'm a fully grown adult and I am quite capable of logic and whatever, but. Yeah. You know, what do I do with this? Yeah. What do I do when? (laughs) Yep. And sometimes you look at your baby and you're like. I think I'm an idiot. And you're so tired sometimes. You're like, I don't know how to change her. I don't know how to feed her. I don't, am I even doing this right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then sometimes you're going to look at your your partner and be like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe they're working full time. So they actually go to bed and they actually sleep and they mm-hmm. actually look rested when they get up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, when we put the question out there about, um, this episode and kind of what we'd be talking about. I did get a response mm-hmm. or two, actually, I think yeah. about mom guilt. What's, what are your thoughts on that? I, oh yeah. Mom guilt is my, my nemesis. It, like from day one, it just was instantly there. I, feel guilt still over so many little things everything from you know okay well I'm done work and I'm not going straight home and mm-hmm. you know I'm not spending time with my kiddo tonight because I've got to go do x y and z whatever she's perfectly happy you know logically I'm like you know you 
perfectly happy visiting with somebody, playing with a friend, whatever. She doesn't give a shit that I'm, you know, <laughs> not there. I know she doesn't, but I still will have that twang of, oh, I should be there. Yeah. You know, buying a pack of diapers versus buying a new pair of jeans that fit over my new kangaroo pouch. <laughs> Fuck, like, seriously. And it's like, I could go buy a $20 pair of jeans, like, like Old Navy, like, whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be something expensive, but I would still, like, no, no. I might need that for yeah. formula. I might need that for diapers. I might, whatever. Yeah. I just didn't feel like, still don't. Like, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. That's sometimes it, it's like, I don't matter. It is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a constant, I think it's a constant struggle for a lot of moms mm-hmm. and moms who work. Yes. Right? When it's time to go back to work, mm-hmm. prepare for it. I honestly have never met a mom who isn't like, holy shit, I, I, I feel so guilty. i got to leave my kid with a babysitter or Nana mm-hmm. or whoever. Like, mm-hmm. shit. It, and the weird thing is, like, even, like, a going out or something like that, to go out for a date night, you feel so bad, mm-hmm. but at the same time, then you'll turn around three seconds later and then you'll, you'll miss them. Yeah. And you're like super excited to get a night out. And oh my gosh, I haven't had this in forever. For some parents, it's a long time before they actually get out for their first date night. Yeah. And you turn around literally in three minutes and you're like, oh, but I miss them. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, oh, fuck, what kind of cruel joke is this? <laughs> it's like, I want to get out of here, but now I want to go home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Yes. Yeah. Um, you have guilt? What about you? Do you? Uh, do I have mom guilt? Sometimes, yes. Um, I mean, my kids are a little bit older, so I think I always, I always feel guilty for something. Maybe it's that I've lived with it for so long now. It doesn't, it just feels normal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily feel like, like mom guilt. It feels like my natural emotional fucking cycle at this point. <laughs> like, so I think it changes as you, as your kids get older. Yeah. Um, when they're little, I mean, there's obviously all kinds of things you you feel guilty because you're you're sleeping and your husband's looking after them. Like mm-hmm. it's literally that. I do, I don't want to say stupid, but it is. Yeah. Like your brain is that dumb. Yeah. To play those tricks on you, and it's not fair. Mm-hmm. But you have to live through it. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Finally, under this emotional topic, there's going to come a time when you very much dislike your children. Mm. And you shouldn't worry about it because I think we all go through it. I think, again, my children are a little bit older. Yeah. I think there's different, um, you'll see if you don't already have children, um, the different stages and ages. There are some people, and I I see this a lot at work, you have people who um, who are made to work with infants. Like they, so you have those people that that's their preferred age group. That's where their comfort level is. And then you have other people on the other end of the spectrum who want to work with school age kids, ages six and up. Like they don't want anything to do. That's not their comfort level. They would do it if they had to, but that's not, you know, that's not their comfort zone. It's not their preference. It's not where they, Mm -hmm. I don't know, are comfortable functioning. And I know like. Um, my sisters and I, I think, have talked about stages and stuff. And again, because they had kids before me, I think we talked about a lot of this before I had Nia. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I know there's certain stages and phases with Mia that I've enjoyed more than others. Absolutely. I think that 
that by far, if I if I sat down and said, what ages do I like? My favorite age is newborn to nine months. After nine months, mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. You can, you can take that child and come back when they're like three. <laughs> like... <laughs> And even then, there's the whole teenager thing, and yep. then oh, I don't know. And yeah, then the, I like them when they start school, because then they come home and they talk about all the school stuff, and they're so yeah. tired they go to sleep. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, all those things. Yeah. And then when they're teenagers, that's another. Oh, I love, I love my teenager. Mm-hmm. But there have been times when I don't like her. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you accept that that's a natural part of parenting, that you can yeah. love your children deeply, wholly, 150%, yeah. totally invested, always love your kids. You don't have to like them all the time yeah. because they are jerks sometimes. Yeah. When they're yelling at you and carrying on, throwing things, kicking up a stink. Yeah, talking back to you, you know, tell you to go fuck yourself or whatever. <laughs> I haven't been there quite yet. But, I mean, Landon can say it with his eyes yes. uh, very well. Yeah. Um, Mia, probably with the eyes too, but I haven't actually gotten the verbal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's a reason. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've gotten very comfortable referring to my children as, you know, they're being an asshole today. Yep. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yep, I mean, Me too. I have days where I'm an asshole, so you know what? I'll be entirely honest. I tell Niven on a regular basis that he's a shithead because <laughs> he is a shithead. But he but there was some bet that we had about the word shit. It was some, if you swear one more time, then I'm allowed to swear and use whatever word that you just said. I was like, okay, whatever, fine. And then I forgot. <laughs> and then I said shit. Mm -hmm. So now his favorite word is shit. He's not allowed to use it outside the house. But if I say to him, Niven, you're being such a shithead right now, he'll be like, no, you're a shithead. <laughs> That's my winning mom moment. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. My kid dropped the WTF in preschool. <laughs> yeah. I got a call from the supervisor, and she's a friend of mine, but she called me up, and uh, she's like, so, what do you and Mia talk about when you do laundry? And I was so boggled. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh... Fold this in half and match the pink sock to the other pink sock. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, so what the fuck never comes up? I was like, <laughs> she didn't. And she's like, oh, yeah, right in the middle of the classroom. I was like, what were you guys doing? She's like, we were folding laundry. And she dropped a couple of cloths or whatever she was helping to oh, fold. No. And she was like two and a half. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the cloths on the ground. I died. I'm like, okay, great. I'm officially that mom. Oh my god, that's yep. hilarious. Yep, that is hilarious. That's I'm surprised my. my I'm surprised my kids didn't say fuck for their first word. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. But I, it, I, I don't know. Niven's <laughs> gonna say it at some point soon, and he's again 11. Okay, so let's move on to some of the not so sexy. Um, kind of back to. A little bit around the birthing part. Okay, you ready to hear this? I'm ready. You might poop on the birthing table. And, yeah. It's true. Yeah. I didn't because I had a cesarean. You Same. didn't because you had a cesarean. However, my sister is a labor and delivery nurse. So, I do get some of the details from her. But you can also find them on Google. Yep. I've been yep. present for the... Yeah. The birth poop. Yeah. And the making sure that that baby's face, its first experience, isn't smeared in shit. 
as it was being delivered. I literally was like holding a leg and like, um, excuse me, like, can we not clean up on aisle? And then they, oh, yep, exactly. <laughs> Did the fold up of the blanket and she kept pushing. I was like, okay. Like, but I literally was looking at this poop like, oh my God, her life cannot start like this. <laughs> literally. Oh. Anyhow. Oh my God. Yeah. That's Maybe, so yeah. funny. I remember my cousins a little bit older, had kids before me, and hearing all these horror stories about birth. So I did hear about the poop, and I remember the first time hearing about it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Exactly. I thought, like, somebody told me, oh, yes, you know, like, this is maybe something that's common knowledge. But at the time, I didn't feel like it was. And somebody said to me, you will definitely poop while you're giving birth to your child. And I was like, my ex-partner wasn't the most mature guy. (laughs) And I could just hear the jokes that he was going to make uh-huh. and th- that I'd never live it down. And I was like, can I get an enema first? Right. Like, can yeah. you flush that shit literally <laughs> out? Get rid of it. But Please. Yeah. No, it happens. It happens. Yep. It's normal. Yep. And outside of that, you do have to deliver a placenta. Yeah. And it's pretty gross. Yeah. Again, I didn't have to. You didn't have to. They no. just took it. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. Like, they, you know, you see on TV, they, you have this baby and it comes mm-hmm. out and it's so squishy and cute. It's actually covered in all kinds of shit and gross. Yep. But then it ends there. It ends. Yeah. But th- no, it doesn't yeah. end. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You still have to give birth to a placenta that, I don't know how much it weighs, like three, four pounds? I don't even know. They look pretty big. I suppose by that point, though, you're pretty stretched out, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking shit. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So like we kind of sort of touched on a little bit, your birthing plan, you can have all, I remember I had a whole thing written out, birthing class. Uh Here's your birth plan. Make sure you write it all out. And they do say like, you know, it might not all go to plan, but write down what you would like to happen. Things from like, you know having medications, drugs, whatever for your, you know, for your labor and delivery, you know, episiotomy, no episiotomy, like things like that, whatever. But yeah, I remember spending so much time on that and agonizing over it. And then like, boom, it just wasn't even, it never, never looked at yeah, again. No. Yeah. And don't be afraid to speak up for yourself and like, and make sure your partner is comfortable too. Like speaking up for you mm-hmm. in that delivery room or whatever the hell is going on. Because like, yeah, yeah I just. And if you can't, if your, hu- your husband or your partner or whatever can't be that person to um, be your advocate, then get somebody who can be your advocate. Yeah. Whether that's a parent or a best friend or a sister or mm-hmm. whatever, you need somebody in there. That can just say, like, no, this is, something's not right. Yeah. She asked for whatever just to kind of back you up. Because sometimes you don't have the strength to do anything other than get through one contraction at yeah. a time. Mm-hmm. All right. This is, this is just a little sad. We're going to have a little moment here. Okay. Your vagina, after whatever type of delivery you have, but especially a vaginal birth, your vagina may or may not be okay. It might be a hot mess for a little while afterwards. Yes. Just, yeah. I have um, I have heard a story about a lady that, um, I'm, I'm hoping I get this right. I mean, it was forever ago. My mom had a friend or somebody that she worked with, and she tore 
extremely bad when she gave birth. And it, this is not to scare anybody. This is just to say this does happen. Mm -hmm. She tore extremely bad. She wasn't kind of put back together quite right. And yeah. she had lifelong issues. issues. Wow. And it does happen. Yeah. It does happen. But um, again, I think that should be part of your birthing plan. Do you... Do you want an episiotomy if it comes down to that? Mm -hmm. Which, in case people who haven't had a baby don't know what that is, it's where they cut the skin between your vaginal cavity and your anus. Mm -hmm. and To allow for the baby to come out. So, And if you don't cut it, there's a risk of tearing it, which is... Harder to heal. Yeah. It can't be yeah. sewn back up quite as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it might be a hot mess. Yeah. The other thing that I didn't know about, and this I don't think was something that was discussed in prenatal for me, was like the pelvic floor. I had no idea that your literal pelvic floor, pelvis, some of the innards and whatever could literally fall out of your vagina. I think I knew that, but like, I didn't give it much thought. And pelvic floor therapy involves somebody literally shoving their hand, like a therapist, a pelvic floor therapist, shoving their hands up there and like massaging things back into You're place. Joking. I'm not fucking kidding. This but, shit happens in real life. Yep. I probably sound like a total idiot right now, but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know either until just a couple of years ago. Somebody who went through it, but like literally your innards falling out and then you have a therapist who literally the therapy involves them shoving their hand up there and massaging things back into place and like doing things like Kegels and other types of like muscle exercises to get your shit tight-ish again. So I guess the, the message in this is do your Kegels now, Holy well God. before you consider having children and make sure you're, <laughs> you are like down there. Yeah, toit. Toit. Oh like my a God. Toiga. <laughs> You went there. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Insane. I know they say that our, our, our vajayjays were built for this. Like, I mean, honestly, women have been doing this for years. But, yeah, some of that, just, that, that shit's scary. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you should know. Can you imagine, like, in, I don't know, 1200s when there was, like, no medical care except for, like, medicine woman down there, medicine man down the road. Yeah. And you gave birth to a child and you tore or your insides kind of like didn't uh, yeah. fit back up there the way they should. Like you're, you're fucked. Honestly, <laughs> never again. <laughs> Good one. Uh -huh. <laughs> we need a drum roll. We totally do. All right. Um, C-section, flap, scars. No. Tissue, itchiness. Oh, this is like the bane of my existence. Yeah. I call mine, like, the mom shelf. Like, that kangaroo pouch thing is different. It's that deflated thing after birth. No, literally, this is the little, like, shelf of, like, scar tissue that is never going away. No. And still has a weird numbness. Yes. Patchiness. Yeah. Patchy, like, patchy numbness. It's not, yeah. like, numb all the way along. No. Like, from hip to hip or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, you can feel it. You can't feel it. You can feel it. You can't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. But... And you think, after you have a baby and you have a C-section, C-section, you, um, like for me, I thought, it'll be fine. It'll be fine because I'm going to lose the weight again and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. 
It's not fine. It's not fine. It, it doesn't go away. Yes, there are people on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook or whatever, and they're, mm-hmm. like, super thin, and you can just see their C-section scar, and it's mm-hmm. flat. I would say for the average person, I mean, I had gastric bypass, and I had lost a ton of weight, like, well over 100 pounds. I was quite thin. It's like, 140 pounds or so. I still had a flap. Mm-hmm. I still had it. Yep. And let's talk about the itchiness. I don't know if you get it, but... Uh-huh. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because it's like you have this itch that's like under layers of scar tissue. So, like, you go to scratch it, and you can still feel the damn itch, but you can't actually itch it. I'm like, I can... It's making me itchy thinking about <laughs> it. And sometimes you just go and hide somewhere, and you're, like, raking at your skin because it itches so bad. Like, it'll wake me up in the night. I'll be like... Like, roar. And nothing you do fixes it. No. Nope. It's a permanent reminder of your children. It is. It is. It's like their hospital bracelets or their little hats or whatever. Only it itches like fuck. (laughs) (sighs) All right. One other little reality after, uh, you know, after the, the whole show goes down, you may not want to ever see another penis again at least for a little while and sometimes for a long while i agree mm-hmm. no more cock for a while i'm telling you you look at it and you're like no you 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 are the reason i am in this boat right now mm-hmm. you're the reason my vagina hurts you're the reason i'm fucking tired you're the reason my boobs are sagging down to my belly button and leaking <laughs> milk everywhere no yeah no yeah no you need to be punished just a little longer yeah <laughs> That's right. And the, the doctor says, you know, you got to wait six weeks or whatever. I can't remember if that was the same after a C-section. I, I think so-ish. I can't or imagine a wanting longer. it, uh, at, like, at six weeks after a C-section anyway. Oh, my God. Even just trying to get up, like, to mm-hmm. get up out of bed after that. Like, the recovery for that is interesting. So, yeah, there was no way I was hopping on anything No. anytime soon after that. And then there's all the hormones, too, right? And mm-hmm. that... When we say, like, it might be a little while before you want to see a Venus again, mm-hmm. th- those hormones are, like, messy business. They totally are. They mess with you. Totally. And you know what? There are women, though, who are, like, ready for it right after. And I'm like, what? How? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that wasn't my experience. So They, should, gonna... they should pass on their wisdom to other women because, no wow. thanks. <laughs> no, no thank you. <laughs> my husband only had to look at me, and I was like, mm-mm. No, thanks. Yeah. Not today. No, Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Sex might be a little bit repulsive afterwards. A little bit. Like, just because everything's different down there, you almost, like, have to reacquaint yourself sometimes Mm -hmm. with That it's not like a... I think prior to having a baby, I think it's more of like, it's a sexual place. Mm -hmm. Your breasts are a sexual place. Everything about you is sexy or not. You might not feel confident and sexy, but it's still sexually arousing to your partner. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this isn't just about you. It's sometimes it is about your partner. But um, after you have a baby, that, that place, your vagina is a birthing canal. Yeah. And it's maybe hard to get your head wrapped around that. Maybe hard for your partner to get his head, That's his, true. her, whatever, yeah. head wrapped around. 
And I think even some women, like there's that thing where like, oh my gosh, I don't want him to see me differently now Mm -hmm. because yeah, my breasts are now like my kid eats from those. Mm -hmm. And you know, some women are able to kind of separate that and don't have any issues with that. But I know there's women that feel that where it's just like, oh, I don't want him to see me differently. Even if they don't feel differently about it, they're scared their husbands will, or your husband's terrified that, you know, either he's going to touch something and it's going to explode, which Mm -hmm. chances are will. Yeah. Or, you know, or then maybe they're scared to kind of approach you because they're scared that, you know, you don't either, you might not want them anymore because, yeah. like, your whole body's different and they might not know how you feel then about them approaching you that way. It's a whole interesting. And there's, I think, too, there's a fear of, um, like, a second pregnancy or third or whatever. Yeah. Like, the next pregnancy because yes. if you're... And if you're not breastfeeding, you're kind of at a higher risk because you whatever goes on with your hormones. And then yep. you getting pregnant again quickly for some people is quite traumatic. Some yeah. people are like, oh, it's fine. My kids will just be close together and whatever. Yeah. But for some people, it, I know for, for me, if I had gotten pregnant again, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I won't, I'll leave it at that. But no, yeah. I could not h- handle emotionally, physically anything. Two babies, one right after the other. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good on you if you can. Yep. All right. When we talk about sex after baby time, um, if your libido does get going again, like prepare for sexy time sprints. <laughs> yep. Gone are the, you know, romantic all night marathons of the erotic kind. That's right. Like, <laughs> or they at least need to be very planned. Planned as in babysitter or whatever. You need something. Child out of house. Because, okay, you get the baby to sleep. And then you're like, okay, let's do it. And then you make one noise. Uh Then it's not going to happen. Or as they get older, they hear one noise. And then they come back to you and they're like, what are you doing? (laughs) I've had my kid walk in on me and go, are you okay? I thought you were crying. Oh my god! I'm so fu- I'm I am terrified of that day because uh, yeah I've heard stories of like literally children just like hi mommy yeah and they're like whoa hey <laughs> and hello kid, like how long you been watching <laughs> I'm like get a fucking lock on your door Jesus Christ oh my god but yes he has knocked on the door and then walked right in are you okay <laughs> I thought you were crying and another time he said. <laughs> Um, what was that noise you were making? And then proceeded to imitate me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yes, they need to be well planned. But in all honesty, you're fucking tired after a baby. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, I'd lay there and I'd be like, fine, just go. <laughs> I am your vessel. <laughs> you want to know one thing we didn't actually touch on yet, though? Sex during pregnancy. Were you one of those women that wanted it or that was like, don't fucking touch me? My first pregnancy when I had Nevaeh, so obviously a girl, um, I'm pretty sure I was like, don't fucking touch me. But there may have been other reasons for that Mm. pertaining to who the person was that I was with. But we'll move along. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was pregnant with Niven, though, give it to me. Yeah. I'll take it night and day. Yeah. And my husband was like, eh, no. Uh (laughs) And... He's definitely not that way inclined. He's much more on the other end of the spectrum, but no, he was but like... you pregnant, you were yeah. delicate. Yeah, I don't Damn, even... I, I, don't I don't know if I was delicate or... Like in his un- eyes. I mean. Unpleasant. Not unpleasant. Um, 
like a maternal thing, like a, like yeah. a maternal f- kind of figure. I don't yeah. know if that's right. I could be totally wrong. I'm just assuming. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. He was just like kind of weirded out by it, I think. Hmm. We did it, but it wasn't like, I could tell he was not really like, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, no. It's definitely interesting. How about and you guys? Um, well, I mean, I've just had, just had Mia and yeah, I was, I was down for sex. I was, I was okay with it. I, I definitely, yeah, hormones were on board. It was great. And my hubby was thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can, I can imagine. I, th- I think Ammo probably wishes he had have taken advantage of my pregnancy hormones and the fact that I wanted to do it all the time because... Steep decline afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> For a little while. Yep. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. All right. Okay. And so the last thing here, one more thing. Just a little forewarning. It will piss you off when your husband comes home or goes out with combed hair, a clean shaven face, wearing clean, unwrinkled clothing, and smelling fresh like Irish Spring level cleanliness. Seriously, fuck him. <laughs> Seriously, though, it's such a piss off. Like, you you know, you're you're up half the night with your kid. You got puke all over you. Probably for me, I was wearing like a black nightie or whatever, because mm-hmm. that's what I wore, like a T-shirt or whatever. Yeah. I've got like that white spit up stain down the front of me, <laughs> yeah. which is gross. And I smell like spit up. And I'm pretty sure that I have feces on my hands somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like my hair is a mess. At the time, I had more hair. So there was a mom bun and. You know, if I happen to put mascara on the day before, it's down to my cheekbones. Yeah. And he just, have a nice day, sweetheart. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> just, just leave. <laughs> I didn't figure out the whole, like, daily routine maintenance thing. And I know, like, a lot of moms struggle with that. Like, just that you can actually get up, have a shower, be clean. Like, your baby will not die if they have to cry for 10 minutes while you have a fucking shower just to feel human. Yeah, it's true. But then mom guilt comes into play, right? Oh, the fucking mom guilt. Like, Damn I think, bitch. I swear to God, mom guilt comes back around to every single thing that we've talked about. And you were one of the people who mentioned it in mm-hmm. the very beginning. Like, it does impact all of these things. Yeah. It, the sex, the everything, everything. It's always your back basic self care. Yeah, basic self care. <laughs> basic like, hygiene. If I brush my teeth, I have to leave them alone, and I don't think I can do it. But that's seriously how it feels in yeah. the moment. Yeah. Like I don't, I can't, I can't leave them. Yeah. But you figure it out. That's true. It's all good. The bottom line is that children are messy. Life can get downright shitty. And your partner may suddenly become the most infuriating person on the planet. But it's okay. Yeah. It might not seem okay in that moment. But generally speaking, things do have a way of working out. And children have a remarkable way of proving that. And in all honesty, the best piece of advice we can offer is this. Don't take any advice from anyone. You do you. Do what's right for you and your little familial unit just do your best one day at a time. Right. And with that advice, that wasn't advice. That was advice, but I'm telling you that you shouldn't take. You know, um, I think that's a wrap. Thank you all for joining for another episode of The Shit Women Can't Say. And remember, speak your truth, even if you have to whisper it first.
Here we go now. 